I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Today's episode is a bonus episode. I hope you enjoy it. And please make sure to tune in Monday for a brand new episode of Kara Golden Show. Enjoy. Your personal life does kind of coincide with your business life. And I think that that's something that, you know, I share particularly with with people who are thinking about having a family, but, you know, are really valuing the role that they play in in business. And, um, you know, there's no good time. That's Kara Golden, founder of Hint. And this is Make Yourself at Home, the podcast that takes you into the homes of people you admire to show you a side you don't usually get to see. I'm Kristen Twyford, and every week we'll talk to someone at the top of their career to explore holistic success and how work and home are inextricably intertwined. Along the way, we hope to inspire you to live well, whatever that means to you. Make Yourself at Home is presented by Nines, the household management app designed to help you manage your home and everything that comes with it so you can live with ease. Today, we're talking with Kara Golden, who's the founder of Hint, the author of Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, and the host of The Kara Golden Show. Kara's entrepreneurship journey started with her own personal health journey. She found that switching from diet soda to water helped her lose weight and get her energy back after having three kids in three years. Today, the recipe she created in her kitchen has evolved into Hint Water, the zero-calorie, zero-sugar, fruit-flavored water sold in 30,000 stores across the United States. In this conversation, we talk about creating and growing Hint at home and how her family and her life at home have fueled her overall success. Make Yourself at Home with Kara Golden. Kara, thank you so much for having us into your home. How are you? Good. Thank you. Excited to be here. Us too. Thank you so much for doing this. So set the stage for us a little bit and tell us about your home and why you love it. Well, I think the main thing that I like about my home is that it's comfortable. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I moved from San Francisco out to Marin County. And um, a while ago, um, and I think like uh, almost 15 years ago now, but I I did it initially for schools because I had, you know, little kids and they had great public schools outside of, you know, an urban city. But I never really realized how like the trees um, surrounding my home and, um, you know, just the comfortableness of being around, uh, I guess, less formal. Um, you know, in the city, I felt like I had to have a much more formal situation in the house. And nobody I know has formal around their <laughs> house. It's just very, very comfortable. And you're always looking for comfort and things that, um, you know, can make you, I think, think better, feel better, and um, and enjoy, especially when um, you're not working or, you know, you want to take a break. And so I think that for me has been kind of the big thing. But I think also just the sort of indoor outdoor effect of being able to, uh, to, you know, really have space around me. Uh, I think you and I had talked before about this, that every day I start my morning hiking uh, with my dogs and and most of the time my husband and uh, and you know it's just harder to do that when you're in a city and so for me my home um, probably is not just about uh, you know the the walls around me but also the the space that I'm able to occupy throughout my day that is um, that 
you know, really makes me comfortable. Yeah. And people know you as the founder of Hint Water. You're the host of the Kara Golden Show and the author of Undaunted. They know you through, you know, this entrepreneurship story and your, you know, ability to lift up other entrepreneurs. What do you think would surprise people about who you are at home? How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is Super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good 
to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I think for me, I'm a very social person, but I'm actually, I, I definitely value my alone time a lot. Like I'm actually very comfortable with, with spending time by myself and I, I read a lot. Um, so, uh, I also listen to podcasts and so I'm constantly looking for that space every day where I can, uh, have that alone time. And it's funny because I, I think it's really, really simple for me to be able to have sort of socializing and be around people. Mm -hmm. But I think people are a little bit surprised that I am very, very happy when I don't have anything to do. Mm -hmm. I haven't made any plans and I, you know, can just sort of be by myself and do whatever I want. When you think back to when you were first starting out in your career and you were living in New York, you're bouncing around to different apartments, you're working at time as an EA, you haven't had your family yet. Is this the life that you pictured? What did you hope for in your life when you think back to your early 20s and you're working towards something? What was it that you were working towards? Did you picture four kids and living in California? No, not at all. In <laughs> fact, I really thought, I mean, I grew up in Arizona and and I really, for me, I wanted a city. I wanted to go, I mean, Phoenix and Scottsdale is definitely a city, but it was a lot less of a city uh, when I was growing up. And I wanted to go somewhere that had taxis and, and <laughs> I don't know, like it was like this strange obsession um, that I had probably because you just didn't really see that as much um, for, for for me when I was growing up around that. But I think I always was really interested in journalism and mm -hmm. media. And I used to think that if you wanted to be in journalism, you, first of all, you had to be in New York because that's where all the journalism was. Um, and I still believe that it was mostly there. I think that the world has opened up significantly and even more so uh, with, with the pandemic over the last couple of years where you can work from almost anywhere. But I think I believed that working in journalism meant working for a brand, right? Whether that was time or whether it was a television station, um, that for, for me was like a, that's the decision you need to make. And I always wanted to work for something that I really cared about and that I thought I could add value to, but I enjoyed. I, I was never willing to go in work at something that wasn't that interesting to me. I remember when I was at uh, I can't remember if I was at CNN at the time or I was at, or I was at time, but I had a wall street company reach out to me who was really interested in recruiting me for a trading job. And I had been in sales at, at CNN. And so maybe they thought that, you know, having that experience. And when I went for the interview, I didn't last as long because I just wasn't interested. I understood it. I had a minor in finance and mm -hmm. I could have been a trader, but I just wasn't interested. I couldn't imagine doing that every single day. And there are people who are traders who love it. But for me, I thought there's so many options. You just have to find that needle in a haystack and determine what you want to do every day. But so I was always clear about that. And I think that that's not necessarily something that every, you know, 22, 23 year old is clear about, um, you know, money. I wanted to be paid well, but I, I wasn't driven by, um, just money, but 
I never thought that I was moving to San Francisco or that I'd become an entrepreneur or that I would have a significant career in tech uh, or that I would start a beverage company. None of that. And, and so it just goes to show you, I mean, I think that, you know, hopefully everyone's journey is long and, uh, and you just have to really be uh, open to kind of taking the journey um, with what is meant to be because you just never know. And when you think back to the lifestyle that you pictured for yourself, did you always picture a big family? I know you're one of five, right? And you have a lot of siblings. Did you picture having a big family yourself? You know, I never really thought about it. It's funny. Like I, I didn't sit there and think, oh, one day I'm going to have a really big family. I, I guess I always thought I was going to have kids eventually. Uh, but I just wanted to leave Arizona and <laughs> go to a big city. And then I was going to figure it out from there. Yeah. So um, you're going to roll with the punches. Makes I'm going to roll with the punches. And then when I met my husband, actually in New York, um, you know, I think for him, he had he grew up in New York, and so he had been around New York enough. But mm-hmm. the other thing that really drove us to come to San Francisco was the industry. The tech industry was happening way faster in the Bay Area than it was happening in New York. And the big industry in, you know, this is in the mid-90s for, in New York was advertising and and finance Mm -hmm. and, you know, media as well. But I mean, those were the big things that were going on in New York. And so he was graduating from law school and he really wanted to do this thing called technology law. And all of the firms that he interviewed in New York, interviewed with in New York, they said, look, you could definitely eventually work on that here, but you're going to, you should go out to San Francisco because it's going to, there's way more work that's going to be coming to you there than will be coming to our office here. And so we thought that we were going to be in the Bay Area for a year um, you know, and then everything would speed up and we would go back to New York. But many, many years later, we're still here. And that's because we just loved the energy and the enthusiasm, um, the entrepreneurial spirit that we saw and really felt inside of the Bay Area. And yeah. so, you know, we consider it home now. Yep. Well, on the show, we love to explore that relationship between your home and your home life and success in general. So your overall success. And what I think is really cool about your story is that your business story is really your personal story. And one thing that you talk a lot about in your book, Undaunted, is that a lot of times in your career, big personal moments would happen at the same time as big professional moments. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite example of that in your own life? Big personal moments. Um, well, one of the stories I talk about in the book is I was, well, I was pregnant with my fourth child and I wanted to get the product hint on the shelf at Whole Foods uh, prior to delivering my son, Justin. And I was having a planned C-section. So I knew the date that I was going to be hopefully delivering Justin and of course, I thought I knew the date that I was going to be uh, receiving the product that had been made at our co-packer. Uh, something I always share with entrepreneurs is there will always be delays, especially with your first batch of product. It never will show up. Everything takes longer. And that was definitely the case. Uh, so, you know, we were really pushing this co-packer to get us our product, but uh, we, it did not actually show up until the day before I was going in for the plan C-section. So I didn't have to be at the hospital until two o'clock in the afternoon. So when I woke up that morning, I said to my, my husband, I, well, he actually said to me, what do you want to do this morning? And I said, uh, I want to go to Whole Foods and try and get our product on the shelf. And he said, okay, not what I thought you were going to say. I was thinking brunch or maybe a walk or, 
do something, spend time at the playground with the kids. Nope. I, I want to go to Whole Foods and see if we can get the product on the shelf. And he said, we can do that when we come home in a few days. And I said, no, because we have a two-car garage and there are pallets in one of the spaces. And so like there's street parking, we're going to get lots of tickets while we're at the hospital. You can't have a nanny that's watching the kids. While, I mean, I had it all figured out in my head and he's like, oh, okay, all right, fine. We'll go to Whole Foods. And when we got there, uh, I saw the person that I had kind of been, you know, having a banter with about, oh, I'm going to go and develop this product. But I, you know, I didn't want to say any more to him until I was absolutely sure that the product was actually going to be made. And so when I came to Whole Foods that morning, my husband was so nice. He, he had 10 cases on a um, rolling dolly that he brought into the store behind me. And I found the gentleman and I said, hi, do you remember me? And he said, oh my gosh, you're very pregnant. And I said, I, I am, I'm, I'm very pregnant. And he said, like, are you going to have a baby in the store right now? And I said, gosh, I, I hope not. I have to be at the hospital at two for a planned C-section. And he said, <laughs> wait, what's a planned C-section? And so uh, that's when I decided that I would share with him what a planned C-section is. And um, I had had an emergency C-section before, so I, I wanted to share what the difference was. And uh, my husband, of course, left with, he left the 10 cases and went and walked around the store because he was so horrified by the fact <laughs> that I'm sitting here talking about childbirth to, you know, the nice guy that was about to put my product on the shelf. Oh and, uh, you know, when I came back or when my husband came back and I finished my story, that's when uh, I said to the gentleman, so... Uh, it would be really, really great if you could actually put the product on the shelf. And he said, I'll try. We had no idea whether or not it would actually happen. I had to leave to go to the hospital. And uh, so the next day after my son, Justin, was born, everything was great. He was healthy. Uh, the phone rang and it was the guy from Whole Foods. And he said, uh, you have to come back because the product is gone. And the first thing that came in my head was not, oh, gosh, we've sold all 10 cases. I said, who took the product? <laughs> I mean, I had no idea that 10, 10 cases were gone. I mean, it's funny. I definitely wanted the, comp the product to be a success, but I had no idea that all 10 cases would be gone, like, overnight. I mean, it was crazy. And... So, uh, of course, my husband left the hospital. He went and restocked. And, and so it was all, all great. But, you know, that was a moment when I thought, oh, my gosh, like this is we've got to get out of the hospital because I've got to, you know, I've got to get busy. We've got to figure out how to make more product, everything. Um, but, you know, Meanwhile, you've got four kids under the age of what, six. five, six? Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> so, and it was crazy. We came home. And of course, to my little kids, I'm like, we sold the first 10 cases. And they're like, yay. And, and I know it was really, really sweet. So uh, but yeah, I mean, thinking back on those times, too. I mean, it's like seems like, you know, so long ago, but uh, more than anything, I think it's just that their stories of, you know, where your personal life does kind of coincide with your business life. They were all really important to me. And I think that that's something that, you know, I share uh, particularly with, with people who are thinking about having a family, um, but, you know, are really f valuing, um, you know, the, the role that they play in, in business. And, um, you know, there's no good time, right? You just yeah. have to figure it out. And sometimes you can go um, a little bit slower. Sometimes you can figure out flexible schedules. I mean, I think that's the one thing that has really created a little bit more um, room, I think, for people. Now, you know, there's options to work virtually, um, versus working in offices. It's doable. It's not always easy. 
Um, yeah. But I think there's just more than anything, you just have to figure out what's right for you. Yeah. Can you think of a time where you felt like your family was really being tested? You know, you you had this business that you were really growing and it had to be hard to balance. And I know there was sort of pros and cons you talked about in your book. You had more time, you know, at home because you were building the business from home. Can you think of a time where you felt like you were being tested and how you guys got through that? You know, I think as a parent, you always wonder, am I spending enough time, you know, with my kids, mm-hmm. right? I would, I would, you know, generally always drop them off, especially when they were younger. They didn't want me there when I was in, when they were in <laughs> high school, right? Um, but, uh, but although, you know, my son, who's a senior, just told me that he's like, you have to go to back to school night tomorrow night. You have to. It's the last one. So oh. you know, I know it was really sweet. So I'm definitely going to back to school night tomorrow <laughs> night. But anyway, I felt like there were definitely a lot of women, um, and maybe some men too who who didn't work and they were able to do you know homeroom parent or have the cupcakes there and you know those those were things that i wondered if i would regret it later um but what i started to really make time for was the after school time and so i i worked really hard i would generally get up before my kids even got up. And that was actually the time too when, you know, I would figure out how to go out and get my exercise in. And then, and I was, you know, able to have help. So I was able to get some things done in the morning before, um, before they were taking off for school. Um, but then I could actually spend time with them and getting them to school But I felt like, you know, again, you question that when you're going through it. I think in hindsight now, and I, this is one of the stories I talk about in the book too, is seeing your parents um, grow a business from nothing to, you know, Hint is now a few hundred million, right? And, you know, people are walking around the world uh, with your product that you created in your kitchen. And that's where it started. I think, you know, my kids are, I have one in graduate school, I have two in college and one who's a senior in high school. They're able to see how much work went into it, right? And how somebody who didn't have beverage experience or consumer products experience, um, how, you know, two people who are married to each other actually can work together. Um, How you can switch industries from starting out in media to going into tech and then going into food and, you know, continue to learn along the way, um, you know, create new, new roles, new categories, all of those things. So I think that what they got out of me as they're starting to, and my husband, as they're starting to think about what they do is, you know, find what you really enjoy doing. And it's okay to keep learning along the way. And, uh, you know, titles are one thing, compensation is one thing, but are you really jazzed up about what you're going to be doing every day? And, uh, you know, I think they're, they're even intrigued by my podcast. I mean, they run mm-hmm. into people who are listening to the podcast and listening to some of the people um, that I have on the podcast. And they're, um, you know, to be able to hear that that's your mom, like that's your mom that's doing it. And she just, mm-hmm. you know, loves that, um, loves getting out of people their stories and their backstories. I think that they see what I see in why I'm doing it every single day. And it sounds like you really built this business in your home. You know, you had pallets in your garage. I read in the book that your kids sold the first bottles of Hint in your driveway. Is that right? At a lemonade stand kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, and there's so many stories like that along the way. I mean, I ran into somebody the other day in San Francisco who I hadn't seen in a while. And she said, I remember the first, 
when you guys were first starting and your kids had a Halloween uh, stand where they were just handing out the water and they were telling people that, you know, when you're having all your candy along the way, uh, you definitely need water as well. And, (laughs) you know, I remember this too. I mean, there were some, I think their first sales pitch was don't have any candy at all. You should just have candy. <laughs> and that wasn't working. And so I'm not going to win a lot of people over that yeah, way on Halloween. They would, I mean, we had a, somebody else who said they would always have different stands along the way. Like once they were trying to raise money for the animals at the zoo. And so, you know, they charge, I think they charge like $5 for the water. And people <laughs> were like, wow, $5. Oh well, it goes, you know, to the monkeys, and we're and and it did. I mean, they donated all of the proceeds. Like they would have all of these ideas, you know, and they'd be explaining it. And of course, people thought they were so cute that they were actually trying to raise money for these animals so that they could, um, you know, build something new or or whatever it was. Uh, so anyway, it's we've always made it really part of the business. But again, I think it goes back to being creative and trying to figure out like what matters to you and sharing your passions, sharing your interests with people um, Mm -hmm. that we've really just been, I mean, that's really the core of the company. And then I think also just being an entrepreneur, I think for, for them, for my kids, you know, today, as they start to think about what they're going to do next, I mean, you know, that they might go start a company right after they get out of college, but they might also go and work for a big company and then start something later if they don't have a great idea like that. You know, they know that there's there's not just one path. I even see it as they're going to school. I mean, one of the things that I've said to them is go take classes that aren't in your major, even if it takes like an extra semester to graduate, like maybe you'll go into one of these classes that you never thought that you would actually have an interest in it. I mean, I took, got a minor in finance and I had no interest in finance before I took this course, but I learned a lot. And obviously for a business plan and all of those things and running a business, it's actually a really good thing, but that doesn't mean that I was going to go and work on wall street. It's like, learn what you learn not just to try and figure out if that's the career for you, but why it might not be the career for you. Uh, mm-hmm. as, and just, you know, and it's just a semester, right, to get through. So I think learning those stories along the way, I think, are also things that my kids hopefully share with their friends as well. Yeah. Like, you know, what the heck? I mean, what's the worst that can happen, as I always say? And then when you think back to the very beginning, I mean, they were there from the initial, you know, experimentation. You were making the early versions of Hint in your fridge, you know, just for yourself. When you think about that decision of going from this is a passion project that you're kind of exploring to we're going to build this business and having that conversation with your husband, Theo, and it sounds like you found out you're pregnant with your fourth child right around the time that you decided we're going to turn this into a real business. Walk me through that conversation with Theo and that decision for your family. Well, I had made some money um, at my previous job at AOL, and I was taking a couple of years off. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next because I knew that I wanted to do something. I wasn't going to stay home permanently um, with the kids and not work. And But I was also... I mean, it's interesting because when I took some time off, people were asking me, like, how long are you going to take off? Not my husband as much. I mean, he loved the idea that I was around and I was, you know, really enjoying being a mom and going to mommy and me classes and and really enjoying that. But it ended up being a couple of years that I was off. And so when I finally came up with this idea for Hint, I think my husband was just really excited that I had found you know, something that I was really passionate about. I don't even think we said the word passion as much as, you know, it was just like, I smiled, I was super interested in it. And I was really curious about why there weren't products that didn't have sweeteners in them. And why there was, you know, so much water with, 
you know, so-called fruit in it that wasn't fruit at all. And then they would put sweeteners in it and call it water. Like it just seemed ironic to me that this idea that I had hadn't been done. And so, I mean, he was curious about it as well. And then, of course, I dropped the bomb that I was pregnant with our fourth. And he was like, wait, what? I mean, this is crazy. You're, you don't know anything about this industry and you're, you're going to do it. But I think what he's realized is when I set my mind to something and I just keep talking about it, I'm going to do it. I mean, whether it's starting a business or, you know, buying a shirt that I've been thinking about, like whatever, <laughs> going on a trip somewhere. He gets afraid when I start like talking about, you know, have you ever heard of the Maldives or, you know, he was like, no, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, here we go again, you know, or like skydiving and no, don't do it. So he's, he knows like if I, if I say it once, it's probably, you yeah. know, there's a there's a 50-50 shot that but if I say it more than that and I keep talking about it he's like okay we're going I'm sure like I I know <laughs> it's in our it's in our future and he mm-hmm. you know but again when you see somebody who's really who you love who's really passionate about something it it just you know it makes you excited because they're happy about it right and I think yeah. that that's that that's the key thing look it's I think that the hardest thing for people is to really find what they enjoy doing. I mean, it almost sounds like it's cliche now, right? Where, you know, you say, go find what you love. But there are a lot of people who can't figure that out. And I think, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, the education system focuses on what is your major and sort of puts us into kind of this hole versus actually trying to discover, well, what do these companies do? And, you know, you get so bogged down in trying to figure out, like, what your major is called or what your career is going to be versus actually getting out there and experiencing and knowing what you like about something and what you don't like about something. And I think that's another thing that I've really tried to instill in my kids, too, is that no job is ever a waste of time. No experience is ever a waste of time. If the worst case is, is that you figure out that it's something that you didn't like mm-hmm. and right. And that definitely I've had people say to me, Oh, I, I tried to start a company and I really didn't like it at all. And you know, one of my things that I constantly am challenging people on when they say that is like, how big was the company? I mean, it was really early stage, maybe, You want to go in to work for a company that is a little bit bigger, that is, um, that, you know, has funding or, um, you know, what were sort of the core issues, I think is, is the key thing. But again, I think that experiences just help us get to a place where, uh, we learn more about what we really enjoy doing and what we can add value to as well. And I wish more people would kind of think about it that way versus thinking about, okay, am I getting a promotion? Am I going to be a vice president? Am I going to be like, all of that really is a lot less important than are you adding value in whatever you're doing every single day? Because that is what will ultimately make you the happiest when you feel needed and when you feel like you want to get up every single day and go do something that people appreciate, um, you know, whether it's a service or whether it's a physical product, um, you know, whatever that is. I want to talk about your husband, Theo, and your relationship. You built this company together. He was really your first employee. How, why do you think your relationship is so strong? When you look at back at your marriage, look back at your business partnership, what do you think is the key that helped you two sort of motivate each other? What works well about your relationship? I think the key thing is, is that we're just really different people. Mm-hmm. And we both like appreciate each other's, you know, things that are each other's strengths. And we both, uh, I think, find, find humor in, um, in the hard, right? And we, we know that, 
you just have to keep moving. And more than anything, I think having somebody who understands you um, and that you can talk to about anything, I think is just a, um, you know, it's hard to find that. I think it's, it's, um, and I think it's luck, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's not something that you, um, that everybody can find. And I, I have many friends who, you know, ask about it. And I think it's more than anything. I just, I've really, I lucked out, but I Mm -hmm. also really appreciate, I've always really appreciated surrounding myself with people that don't think the same as me. Right. And it's not to say that we don't think the same um, sometimes, but we actually think uh, there there are many things that we don't agree about. And, um, you know, and I think like too often people surround themselves with people who think exactly the same way that they are. I mean, look, that's really nice and really enjoyable, but it's kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And if you don't find people who think differently than you, then you'll never grow and you'll never change. I remember when that show Car Talk was on, on NPR, and I would almost go crazy. He could sit there and listen to Car Talk forever. And he would just <laughs> laugh. And there were two guys I can't, he's, he'll, he'll listen to this and he'll start cracking up. But whatever, like, that's, I mean, that's the way that the world works. I love the fact that he knows what he's interested in and then he's really mm-hmm. passionate about it. And, you know, now he can use AirPods and he can go and <laughs> listen to repeats, right? But because that's not what something that I'm not interested in. <laughs> and I think that so often people think, um, you know, find that person. What? It, and I think it's not just a, you know, mate, but also a business partner. I mean, this happens a lot for in business where people find, you know, their business school um, friend, you know, maybe they had a different experience before they went to business school, but they both, you know, want to be entrepreneurs and they're very similar and the skill sets. And that just doesn't work out because you end up almost competing with each other, you know, in terms of trying to figure out who does certain things better. Anyway, I have one more question before we get into a quick lightning round at the end here. So in your book, you talk about how being undaunted is not necessarily being fearless. It's understanding what your fears are and overcoming them. Can you think of a time when your home life, you know, your family, your relationships, your routines really helped you through a moment of fear in your life? I think especially as my kids have gotten older, I mean, anytime when I'll have challenging or, you know, tough days along the road when things are not going the way, I think my family is more than likely to say, oh, you'll work it out. You always do. And they always remember. And I'm like, oh, that, yeah, that did seem like a really hard experience. And so they're, I mean, they're my support system now, right? And I think that by watching me be able to get through things too, I think, I'm their support system too, where they're able to see that, you know, you're going to have bumps along the way, challenges along the way, but you just have to look back at the times when you really thought, I'm not going to get through this, but you do. And I think that that is what my house looks like today or Mm -hmm. sounds like today. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I want to end with a quick lightning round of some quick hit questions that are just kind of fun. So the first one is, I know you delivered cases of Hint in your Jeep back in the day when you first started Hint, and it feels almost like a character in your story. So I need to know, do you still have that car? If you got rid of it, was it a sad moment saying goodbye to that Jeep? It's a longer than a lightning round. But yeah, we had to get rid of that car. Unfortunately, we had a few people who were driving that car around and delivering cases. And it was so the shocks were terrible. Um, one of them bottomed out the car. I mean, it was just that poor car. It was very, very sad. Early in your career, you were living in New York City and bouncing around to different apartments. What's your craziest New York City apartment story? Well, I was living first on the Upper West Side, and I had a 150 square foot apartment just 150 square feet off of Central Park. And that was my first, it was basically a room. 
And it had really high ceilings. And so I built a loft. I didn't build it. I actually had somebody come in and very bare bones, but I built this loft. And I just met my husband. We were just dating at that time. And he walked in and he just couldn't believe it. Like he was, I had it all figured out and it was all organized. But um, I mean, it was a funny, not so funny, but basically I had made it so nice that my landlord decided that he wanted to jack up my rent because I wasn't paying that much money for the apartment. I mean, it was a lot more than what somebody was paying in Arizona, but it for New York, like I had really put a lot of, you know, sweat into painting and making it much more livable. And it didn't look like it was 150 square feet. And um, so anyway, I came home one night and there was a nail in my lock. And I was like, what is going on? There's like a nail in my lock. And then I called um, my landlord and he, of course, wasn't answering the phone. And, um, and then I ended up calling a girlfriend and stayed over the night. And then the next day I called a locksmith and he said, um, oh, I know this landlord. He said, he's trying to get you out of the apartment. And, you know, I'm like 22 years old in New York City. I said, wait, what? And he said, has he been trying to jack up your rates of your apartment? I'm like, yeah. And he said, yeah, he's trying to get you out. And so um, this happened. This is like the third, you know, apartment that I've been to. And uh, so I was like, that's terrible. So I call him up and I said, did you put a nail in my lock? He said, oh, why would I put a nail in your lock? I said, well, you know, I talked to this locksmith and he told me that this is, you know, what you do. I mean, I can't, I think back on it now and I'm like, you know, I had no idea exactly what was going on. Well, then after I'd gotten the lock fixed that night, another nail went into my lock. It was pouring rain out and there was super glue, crazy glue inside the lock. And so when the locksmith came back, he said, you know, this is going to be really expensive because we have to replace the whole thing and because you've got super glue in it. So I called the police and I'm like, listen, I heard that this guy is, you know, known for this. And that's when the police told me, you should just move. <laughs> like at this point, because <laughs> this is just going to go on, you know, forever. It's never ending. <laughs> never ending. And so I did. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was my, that was my crazy New York story. And I moved down to the West Village and was much happier. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. What's one healthy choice that you and your family make in your home that you would recommend to other people? Healthy choice. Well, obviously hint water. Um, but I think for me, we just, we constantly have fruit around where I'm just, grabbing stuff. I mean, it's funny. I always think about, especially in the food industry, how people are creating things that are, you know, less calories, better for you. Um, and I often think that, you know, maybe you shouldn't have those things at all. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that they're just not, if they're not very good for you, if you're sitting here trying to do half as much or, you know, it's, it's, you know, not as unhealthy or whatever it is. It's just, it, it just seems ironic. And I think that just understanding what you're putting into your body is, you know, fuel. Mm -hmm. and, and ultimately, if you're not putting good things into your body, it may not catch up with you immediately, but if, it eventually will. That's not to say that you shouldn't, you know, if you get lucky enough to go to the French laundry that you're going to have a really nice, you know, piece of cake or whatever you're going to have, but in moderation, um, versus thinking about, um, you know, how can I have that piece of cake every single day just because it's less calories? It's just, you know, some things really aren't food that you should be consuming. And I think that that's, 
you find good things around our house and good products around our house too. And read labels, I think is another thing that um, if products don't have labels, um, you know, they're generally better for mm-hmm. you. Um, not always, but, um, but I think, you know, also just read labels, even if the print is very tiny, um, <laughs> you know, figure out how to read a label. Cause I think yeah. it's, it's often important. Mm-hmm. What's one thing in your home that makes your life easier? My dogs. Um, they make me happy. I have three Labradors and uh, I have two puppies that are 11 months old. So that's, and then I have one who's sleeping right next to me, who's 13 and a half. And so they make me, they definitely make me happy. Yep. What inspires you to live better? My family, consumers, my friends, um, my home. I, you know, it's, it's, uh, just doing what I love doing, I think is, is probably the the best way to answer that. Well, Kara, thank you so much. This conversation has been amazing and I really appreciate you coming on Make Yourself at Home. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you to Kara Golden for joining us on the show today. Check out her book, Undaunted, to hear more of her story and tune into her podcast, The Kara Golden Show. I'm Kristen Twyford. And if you enjoyed our conversation today, I hope you'll leave us a review and subscribe. So you can join me next time and make yourself at home with more great guests like Kara. Still to go in season one, we have Adrian Grenier, Danielle Canty, Kate Torgerson, and more. We'll see you next time on Make Yourself at Home. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.